0: Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're honored that you join us here. Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. We chose that name because we believe that the words and ways of Jesus are very beautiful. And so each week we're bringing content to help make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and dive in to this past Sunday's sermon.
1: All week, I have had a song in my head by the great Martina McBride. Anybody out there know who Martina McBride is? Okay, a few of you, I just dated myself. Let freedom ring! Anybody? Okay, all right. That was not the Ghana anointing right there, apparently, okay. But Jesus is asking us a question today that I believe he's asking for you personally, and I believe that he's asking for us as a church. And we find it in the scriptures in John chapter 5. And I want to open to John chapter 5 and read this story and look at the question that Jesus is asking us. It says this. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well. So stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went on and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Isn't this a wild story? This is a story about how Jesus healed a man at a place called the Pool of Bethesda. I want to tell you what the Pool of Bethesda is. It's this massive pool that is separated by what they called porticos in Jerusalem, okay? The Aramaic word for Bethesda actually means house of mercy or house of grace and this is where sick people believed that you could be healed you know what they did they believed that an angel from heaven would come down stir up the pool and whoever got into the pool first got healing all throughout their body isn't that wild this is what they believed, but it had to be the first person. There was actually a German archaeologist who found the pool in 1956, it says, and he, he found that some of the pools were as deep as 40 feet deep. Can you imagine an angel stirring a 40 foot deep? like It's like a literal whirlpool, okay? And some of the aerials were actually pretty shallow, But this is what they believed that they had to get to. This is the man. The man believed that he had to get there first in order to be able to receive healing in his body, and he did this for 38 years. Pastor Prettypen is 38 years old. Everyone, okay? So, like, imagine, okay? Anyway, but I want to tell you. I want to tell you this fun fact. In 1959, there was an American woman named Emma Stebbins who constructed a statue called the Angel of the Waters in Central Park in New York City. I actually have a picture right now of that. You can see it. There it is, right there. Has anybody been to Central Park and seen this Angel of the Waters? A few of you have seen it. It's. Did you know that it was actually dedicated because, it's an inspiration because of the scripture where Jesus healed the paralyzed man at the Pool of Bethesda. Isn't that cool? In New York City. Makes me want to go and see it. So the interaction between Jesus and this man is really interesting and really powerful. I mean, Jesus walks through all these other sick people, all these other paralyzed people to get to this man, and he looks at him, and he notices that he has been trapped on this mat for 38 years. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Imagine what it would probably have been like to feel that powerless, to feel that helpless, to be imprisoned on a mat, to try to carry your own body just with your arms to get to this pool where you believe that you will be healed. That has got to be so enslaving, so trapping. It must have felt like he was in a prison for 38 years, right? And Jesus looks at him and he said, do you want to be well? And I believe, Kalos Church, that in this season, as we talk about freedom in Christ, Jesus is looking at every single one of us and saying, do you want to be well? Do you really want to be well? And this is the question, I believe, that God has put us in motion as we do these small groups, as we study freedom in the scriptures. Now, my daughter is at the age right now where literally everything she says is the perfect sermon illustration. So here's another one. She's four years old. The other, a few weeks ago, she says to me, Mom, I have a stomachache. And she had been noticing, we've been noticing that she'd been having these stomach aches kind of consecutive over a couple of weeks. And whenever she ate, her stomach would hurt. And she would say, mom, my stomach hurts. Like, okay, let's not eat any sugar. Let's not eat any bad food, okay? And so she's like, okay, well, sometimes it hurt and sometimes it didn't. Well, I go to pick her up from preschool and she, I said, honey, how's your how's your tummy feeling? And she says, uh, she says, well, mom, I didn't eat the macaroni and cheese today because my stomach was hurting. And I said, well, that is a good decision. I'm glad you didn't do that. We get in the car five seconds later, and this girl looks at me and she said, Mom, can I have a cinnamon roll when we get home? And I'm like, no, you can't have a cinnamon roll. Your stomach has been bothering you, honey. And she goes, Mom, my stomach doesn't hurt right now so I can have a a cinnamon roll. If I can't have a cinnamon roll, this this is literally what she said, can I have ice cream then? Like, that's better, you know? And I'm like, no, you cannot have that. Your stomach is not, like, it's upset. It's going to make you sick, you know? And this girl, I tell you what, had a four-year-old meltdown of all time. It was crazy. And I'm looking at my daughter, and I decide to say what Jesus said. Nala! Do you want to be well? Don't you want to be well? I mean, I don't get it. How are you asking for this? And she's fully having this meltdown. I mean, logic and reasoning do not work for four-year-olds in this moment. How many of you know? There are some parents that are like, amen. Thanks, I feel so seen, right? And so I was sitting there, and there's a couple of things that shocked me about my daughter in this moment. The first one is this. It's shocking to me that she could not face the fact that she wasn't well. She couldn't face it. She just very quickly forgot about the fact that she couldn't even eat mac and cheese because her stomach hurt. She could not get that in her brain through herself through and through that she was not well. The second thing is that she was in complete denial that she, even though her stomach didn't hurt right now, if she ate something, it wouldn't hurt then, okay? And the third thing is that she was trapped in this cycle, If I eat something, my stomach is going to hurt. Eventually, it won't hurt. Then I'll eat something, and then it'll hurt again, over and over and over again. She was stuck in this like cyclical trap, this prison. Isn't that wild? And I believe that this is really something true about all of us, that we get trapped in certain prisons in our life, in our inner lives, that Jesus is saying today, I want you to walk in the freedom of Christ, And you know, I think as we think about these things, we don't like to talk about this very much, Okay, It's hard. Because you know what happens? We have to realize that the inner prison that we're struggling with, the stronghold, the baggage that we carry comes from somewhere. And oftentimes, it comes from how we grew up or something that happened to us that we did not choose. Some sort of environment that may have been abusive or toxic. Maybe something that happened to you. I mean, there is a bunch of us that come from cultures where parents are not emotionally available to us. And they don't talk about these things. And their parents didn't talk about these things. And so we live our lives, interior lives, in this prison, trapped and there are a lot of different ways that we begin to experience prisons. For some of us, it's like this, this, this psychological thing. It's in our minds. We struggle with a lot of mental illnesses, depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia. I don't just list these things like lightly. I am somebody who fits in that category. I struggle with some things in my life, even on a mental illness level. There are some of us who just on a, are a negative thinking patterns on a loop over and over and over uh, over again. Some of us are just, our, our baggage has just led us to be so entitled. Disentitlement, entitlement, I think, is just one of the, the things that just traps us, right? For some of us, it's a physical affliction. We have sickness or disease in our life. Another thing that's physical, I recently learned this in the last few years, is that did you know that if you experience trauma in your life, your body will store that trauma? The the saying says your body keeps the score, which means this. It means that sometimes you don't even know that your body is carrying this physical trauma until you get triggered. And all of a sudden, you go right back to that place. I am a person who grew up in an abusive, a violent home. And I didn't realize until I was an adult that whenever I would hear like violent sounds, I would literally just be paralyzed. I had no idea that that was happening. But I was trapped, and I didn't even realize it. Some of us are just caught in just this constant social pressure prison, financial prison caring so much about what someone else thinks about you that you walk in this prison some of us are in just so much despair about the world you know i want to walk in freedom but i'm just the world's on fire i don't even know what i don't even know what to believe or what to do with this we're trapped in these ways right and these things they hold us down they bring us down and the reason they feel so bad you guys is because god created us to be people who are free You know how I know this? Because God said this to Adam in Genesis 2. He said in verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. You are free. You are free. God intended, he designed us to be people who walk in freedom. Everybody say freedom. Freedom, amen. And you know, I noticed something about this scripture. There are only three sentences that Jesus says in this whole story about healing the man on the mat. And we're going to look through each of these three sentences that he says, because I believe it's a pathway to freedom. Now. I want to tell you, freedom, this is not a three-step program that I'm about to give to you. Because I don't know about you, but all of my baggage has taken, like, it's real messy. There ain't no three-step program. It's taken a lot longer. It's been a lot more expensive. And there's just been a whole lot that just goes with trying to walk in freedom, right? So this isn't a three-step program, but the scripture, you guys. Jesus can breathe on the scripture in a way that helps us understand that we can walk in freedom. There are principles of the gospel that help us walk in freedom. Can I get a good amen? So this morning, the first one is this. The first question, the first thing that Jesus says is he looks at the man and he says, would you like to get well? Would you like to get well? Another way to ask this question is, will you say yes? to God's freedom in your life? Will you say yes to the opportunity to be free? You know, I think for most of us, I would think that this is a no-brainer question. Well, yeah, I want to walk in freedom. But here's what I've realized. Many of us don't even know that we're sick. Many of us don't even know that we're unwell, that we're carrying things inside of us that are harmful to us and even harmful for the people around us. We struggle to even realize that we are imprisoned. Because the thing is, is the man on the mat, he had an obvious ailment, right? You could see it. He could feel it. It was a big change when Jesus healed. it. It was a physical thing. But for many of us, the imprisonment, the baggage, the strongholds, they are things that are invisible, and we don't even often recognize that they're there. And so it's important for us to realize that we need to admit that we're sick. I want to ask you today, will you admit that you're sick? Will you admit that you have brokenness on the inside of you? And for all of us, it's very different. I could sit down with every single one of you, and it would be different. Your unwellness, your sickness would look different. And you're on a different part of your journey to freedom. But this is something we have to be honest about. You know, one of the silliest things I ever believed was about three years ago, I started, I started counseling, Christian counseling, because of one situation that was happening in our life. And what I'm saying is the silliest thing that I believed is that I went to counseling for one big situation that was happening in my life. What was happening in my life at the time is that our son was going through the diagnostic process of, of receiving an autism diagnosis, and it wrecked me. And it just it, it messed with me so badly. So I go to therapy, and I quickly realize in therapy that while this one circumstance took me to therapy, it's not why I needed to stay. I actually needed to stay because I was living with some major prisons inside of me. And I needed to deal with them. God wanted to set me free. It was in his heart. He cared deeply. God can bring beauty from ashes. And so here I am, somebody who comes from some ashes. And Jesus set me on a path to freedom. And I can tell you today that I am so much more free than I was three years ago. So much more well than I was three years ago. And I think we have to be honest about the trauma, about the resentment, about the things that try to, the anger, the things that just try to keep us and hold us down and in these horrible places of imprisonment. And you know, I think there's some of us in the room who are like, you know what, I didn't go through any trauma. I don't really have a lot of you know, whatever. I don't have a lot of baggage. And I just want to say to you, sometimes you're the worst people, OK? Because listen. <laughs> Here's the deal. You still may not be an actually emotionally healthy person. Because what happened is a long time, over time, you began to build up resentment. Over time, you began to have some major control issues. Over time, you began to figure out how to have denial after denial after denial that you're sick too, that you have baggage too, that Jesus wants to set you free. He has a pathway of freedom for us today. Jesus says to you, would you like to get well? Would you like to get well? I want to read this quote by Henry now, and it says this. When we become aware that we do not have to escape our pains, but that we can mobilize them into a common search for life, those very pains are transformed from expressions of despair into signs of hope Into signs of hope. You know what? I want to give you an illustration for those of you who are like, okay, I get it, but also I need a picture. I got a picture for you, okay? I want to put this iceberg on the screen right here. You can see. And Peter Scazzaro has a bunch of books about emotionally healthy spirituality, and he talks about this iceberg, okay? If you notice, this iceberg has uh, part of it is above the surface, and a lot of it is below the surface. And the part above the surface would re- of the surface represents the part of us that a lot of people see, the part of us that we may even be the most familiar with ourselves, okay? But below the surface is a lot of stuff that takes a lot of intentionality to get under so that we can actually deal with our stuff. This is the, the, the repressed emotions this is the abuse this is the stuff you don't want to deal with this is the stuff that you inherited unfortunately right and it takes time to get to the bottom to get to the get get past the surface of who you are and most of the time we are unaware or the most the least familiar with what's under the surface inside of us does that make sense so this iceberg, I believe, helps us understand a little bit more about what's. how can I, how can I be okay one day over here, but then the next day, five days, I, I am in, I'm under, right? This iceberg begins to help you understand why you go through these cycles, why there's things. Jesus is saying, do you want to be well? Because I have a path of freedom for you. I have a path of freedom for you. You know, Jesus talks about how this enslaves us. There's a beautiful scripture in Galatians 5, and it says this. It is for, everybody say it together, it is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Do you know that when Jesus asked the sick man, do you want to be well? Do you remember what the sick man said to him? He said, I can't. Jesus said, do you want to be well? And the first words out of his mouth were, I can't. I can't, sir, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Do you realize that he didn't even answer Jesus' question? He didn't even answer it. I can't. I can't get there. Because listen, I want you to get this. He was so focused on the one method that he believed would bring him healing. He had only one method. I got to get to that water pool. It's the only thing that can heal me. He was fixated on it for 38 years, right? And Jesus, he didn't even touch the water to heal the man. Can you imagine? I've been sitting here obsessed with this water for 38 years. This guy comes, he heals me, he didn't even touch the water. I was obsessed with this method of being free. The truth is we would rather get free on our own terms. But Jesus has a different way, a pathway of freedom for us. So I want to ask you this, what is your version of the water pool? What's your version of it? Because we all have a version of the water pool. Maybe it's that you just blame others all the time. You're constantly the victim. You know, maybe it's that you have harmful coping mechanisms when you are deeply in pain. You like to eat chocolate cake and ice cream, which is what I like to do. You know, maybe you have addictions. Sexual addictions, substance addictions, coping mechanisms just to get through day after day the pain that resides inside of you, right? I want to tell you, usually our water pools, our version of the water pools are comfortable. They don't ask us to be very humble. They don't really ask us to face ourselves, to face our baggage. What is your version of the water pool? It's important that you identify this. All these years, the man was obsessed with one method of getting healed. For those of you that are in the room this morning who just say, you know what? I want to leave the past in the past. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to bring it up. If I open that can of worms, I don't know when it's going to end. I just want to tell you this. You know, it's important that you do consider prayerfully going on a path of freedom. Because do you know that even if you think you can handle it, those around you are experiencing your dysfunction. They are. Your spouse, your kids. You know, it's like an orange. When you take an orange and you squeeze it, what happens? Orange juice comes out. That wasn't a trick question. (laughs) Orange juice comes out, right? And so when you're in the pressure of life, Guess what squeezes out of you? Guess what oozes out of you? Some of that ugliness in your heart. Some of that stuff underneath the surface that is so difficult. It wasn't even maybe your fault, right? So I want to ask you this. For those of you that are are like, man, I don't know about this. I just want to ask you this question. How did it affect you when your parents didn't deal with their stuff? How did that impact you? Because I think we have to realize that we can pass down stuff to our kids. I really don't want to pass down. I mean, half the reason I'm still in therapy is because I'm like, I got kids. I do not want them to have to deal with that, right? And so it's important. God has a pathway to freedom for us. And he loves you. And he is saying, listen, trust me. You can trust me. Let me be the Lord of your life in this area. I want to set you free. It is for freedom. Everybody say freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, amen? Amen. The second thing that Jesus said, there's only three things. The second thing he said is, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And this was a very clear thing for Jesus to say. He just says, stand up. Can you imagine? This guy hadn't stood up in 38 years. Just stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. You know. But very quickly, I want to say this. Very quickly after Jesus says this, this becomes a very controversial issue right? This becomes an issue very quickly for the Jewish leaders. It says this, but this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't walk on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. How ridiculous is this? Jesus was being ridiculed by the Jewish leaders for healing on the Sabbath, and the man was being ridiculed for picking up his mat and walking on the Sabbath. Never mind that he just had a supernatural miracle happen in his body, right? And here's what I want you to understand that we have to watch out for. On your journey to freedom, when you begin to say, I'm going to step into this place where I want to go with Jesus on this pathway to freedom, you need to understand this. So often when we do that, there are people in our lives that want to stop us. They want to stop your freedom. There are cultural just norms that want to stop you from experiencing freedom in your life, and you need to be able to recognize them. You need to be able to recognize what's trying to stop you. You know, Pastor Pradeepin, he was really in a fight for freedom recently, and I just stopped it with all of my might. He literally came to the house one day, and he said, "Amrita, come outside. I have to show you something. And so we go outside, and he had brought home this freezer that he found on the side of the road. And he's like, Amrita, I am going to fill this freezer with cold water, and I'm going to start taking ice baths. And I'm like, you are crazy, you know? Because I don't know if you know about this. He tells me there's all these health benefits about getting into ice baths. Anybody take ice baths here, like daily? Anybody else? Okay, babe, you are alone. Okay, a couple couple people. Okay, so he this this is like a this is like a health thing, right? You get that amygdala back here into that ice, and I mean your whole brain, like chemistry. It's crazy what all happens, right? Serotonin, everything. It just, just I don't even know what it does. Anyway, so he's telling me this, and I'm like, honey, listen, like you're not gonna plug that thing in, right? And he's like, well, yeah. How else am I gonna keep the water cold? And I'm like, honey, like. Water and electricity did not go together. Why am I having to tell you this? You know, like, I mean, we have a baptismal over here, but we did not find this on the side of the road. We're not gonna like zap people into like new life in Christ, okay? But, like, we, he had this thing, and he's like, Amrita, don't worry. I bought all of the supplies on Amazon to keep it safe. So, when we plug it in, it won't like shock us or zap us, you know? And I'm like, honey, but like, I'm a worst case scenario person sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, but like, what if it's faulty and it doesn't work? I really don't want to have to tell my children that you died because you got in an ice bath, right? But I, I will tell you guys this, he actually figured it out really well and takes ice baths and I actually got in at one time and I'm kind of proud of myself for how long I was able to stay in that because it's kind of miserable, okay? I'm just telling you. But I was trying to keep been from being well. This was his process, his health process. And he was just, and I was like, no, you're gonna die or something. And Pradeepan's like, no, I, can, I will not let anything get in my way of being unwell, right? I want freedom! Omritha, give me freedom, you know? Here's what I want you to know. No one is going to be as invested in your healing as you are. You got to be invested in it. You got to step in it. You know, I've had people, you know, counselors or friends come alongside of me, but I still have to fight for my own freedom. Yeah. And sometimes you got to fight some things. You got to fight some. There's a real devil in hell that doesn't want to see you free. And you know what that's so cool about us doing this together is that we're not only going to be free together as a church, we're going to resist the enemy together as a church, Amen. right? We're going to come against those things. So, what is holding you back? Sometimes, what holds you back, it looks like this. It can look like, you know, in your marriage, you feel like you, your marriage needs some help, but your spouse is unwilling to go get help or get therapy or talk to a pastor, right? Sometimes it looks like just being in a toxic environment, and you're here at church, and you go back into that same toxic environment, and and you just get resistance. Every time you try to walk in freedom or experience healing, just that resistance comes. Some of us, we like to blame shift. Someone else hurt us, so why do I have to get well? Well, can I just tell you this morning that you know getting help is not a punishment. Having help by the Holy Spirit of God through a therapist or a pastor or prayer or whatever, the Holy Spirit of God, even in your own quiet time, that is not a punishment. It's a pathway to freedom. And Jesus wants to set you free today. One of the most common sort of societal efforts to keep us, I believe, in bondage and prison is when we substitute Jesus with TikTok, Okay, Because here's what happens. There's something called self-diagnosis. And this is sweeping America in the world, right? You think, do you think TikTok is saying, do you want to be well? Some of you do. And you're like, TikTok is telling me, like, this is what I do, and this is how I'm going to get well, right? And I'm not trying to knock TikTok. Well, I'm just saying, be careful of the self-diagnosis thing, okay? I mean, I was in bed the other day, sick, and I'm I'm, I'm like, pretty, I wake up pretty bit, and pretty bit's like, okay, here's a little washcloth put on your face. He prays for me, falls back asleep, and I get out my phone, and I just start web MDing these symptoms. And I'm like, what is going on? I, mean, I thought in about 10 minutes, I'm going to have a heart attack. I mean, I was convinced, Okay. Don't do that! Stop doing that! This is keeping us in prison! We're not being honest about what's actually happening, right? And I think the thing is, we all want to be the exception. I don't want to be the person who has mental health issues. I don't want to be the person that has to go back to my childhood and deal with my stuff. I don't want to have to be that person. I don't need it. And I just want to tell you this morning that you cannot elevate your ideals all the time, without being honest about what's beneath the surface. And I think that's something that we like to do. We like to elevate all the positive. We like to elevate our ideals. We don't want to elevate. We don't want to give any attention to the hard stuff, to the stuff below the surface. This um, quote by Dan Allender really wrecked me a few years ago. It says this, our ideals tend to become idols. Therefore, it's the work of the Holy Spirit to disillusion us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. One time I was talking to someone in my family, and I was just saying, you know, you know, did this did this really happen? And it was some hard stuff. Like nobody wants to talk about it. Okay? And I was like, I was just talking to them and I was like, this is what I remember. This is what I remember experiencing. This is what I feel like I'm still going through. Like, it's like that was over, but my body and my brain don't know that it's over. Anybody been there? You know, it's like something's going on, and I was talking about all the stuff, the trauma, the things like that, and The response I got from this person was that that was in my family, the response I got was, can't you just focus on the positive? Amrita, can't you focus on the positive, what was was good in your childhood? And what I heard from that is, let's shove everything under the the surface underneath the rug, right? And let's just elevate the good things. Let's not deal with that. Let's just elevate all of the positive things that happened. Can't you just focus on the positive? And I just want to tell you this morning, that Jesus has freedom for you. He has freedom for me, and it's real. And it's something that the world does not offer. Do you realize that when Jesus looked at this man, he said to him, he said, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk after 38 years. And I want to look at some of you today and say that Jesus is looking at you, and he is saying, stand up. Fight for your freedom. I know it has been 15, 20, 25, 40 years, but it's not too late to walk in the freedom of Jesus Christ. Come on. Stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. Trust me. I won't won't lead you astray. I will lead you down a path of true freedom. So So church, I want to invite you this morning. I want to invite you this morning to join us for these small groups, to join us for this pathway of freedom that all of us are going to do together. The third thing that Jesus says in this scripture is he says, let me go to it real quick. He says, now you are well. Now you are well. Another way to say this is, now you are well, so stay well. So stay well. And one of the ways that we do this is we get into environments like these small groups where we can be well together and we can stay well together. Can I tell you something I want to leave you with this morning that is really cool about what we're about to do? All of us in this room are wounded. All of us in this room have baggage. That's not the cool part. The cool part is that we are all going on this journey together. And not only are we going to be on a journey of freedom for ourselves, but do you know how God works He often uses the weak things of the world, the broken things of the world, to bring healing to someone else, right? So he's not just going to get in there and mess with you and leave you bleeding. He's going to get in there. He's going to heal you. He's going to love you. You're going to be in an environment. The the word of God says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The spirit of God is going to be in these small groups. And when we get together and we begin to share our hearts, and when Jesus begins to heal us, not only that, but the, the sister and the brother that is sitting beside me, I have something to do with their healing and freedom, too. And it's so beautiful. There's a book that Henry Nowen wrote called Wounded Healer. And I just recently reread it. And it's just touched my heart so much. And I want to read you this quote. It says this, nobody escapes being wounded. We are all wounded people, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. The main question is not how can we hide our wounds so we don't have to be embarrassed, but how can we put our woundedness in the service of others? When our wounds cease to be a source of shame and become a source of healing, we have become wounded healers. Isn't that beautiful? We've become wounded This is the picture that I believe that God has given for us, that we would all in this church, as we go through this season, be wounded healers. So I would encourage you guys to sign up, if you haven't, to walk this journey, this pathway of freedom for us. Can I get a good amen? Amen. amen. I want to pray for you. If you would go ahead and bow your heads. I want to pray for you this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for every single person in this room. I thank you, God that you offer a freedom that no one else on the planet offers. You offer a freedom that the world can't offer us. Lord Jesus, we are a a bit hesitant, and some of us are scared, and this is really vulnerable, and this is a process that, that seems pretty hard, and I don't know if I can handle it, but God, I'm asking that by the Spirit of God that you would come, and you would convict, and you would give us peace, and you would give us trust, that we would know that as we walk down this road, we have brothers and sisters in Christ who are going to walk with us. And Lord, I pray that those, those, those versions of the water pool that we have been going to on our own, I ask in the name of Jesus that those would cease to exist and that we would walk toward, Lord Jesus, your healing and toward your freedom. Lord, I pray for the healing of many hearts. Lord, I pray that we would be well. I pray that we would not be sick people. I pray, Father, for wholeness in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. We'll be back here every week with fresh content. But hey, I want to give you an invitation to our Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you in person. We have multiple service times every single Sunday morning in downtown Bellevue, Washington. If you would be interested in joining us, just go to www.kalos.church. All the information you need is there. You can actually even click a link to sign up and save a seat so we can help make sure you feel comfortable coming and hanging out with us in person. So thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.